Hi, everybody. It's Leanne and Mason. Different Perspectives podcast. Hi, Mason. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Different Perspectives with Leanne and Mason Holita. We're here to discuss our differing viewpoints through the lens of energy work. Today, we will be discussing more about masks and being authentic. Um, a little bit about us. Myself, Leanne, has a background working in business before I found my true path and transitioned into energy work. And I'm currently the owner of the healing studio and in Broomfield, Colorado, where I work as a healer and a teacher. You can find more about me at insightfulinspirations.com. Mason, my son, has had the unique opportunity to be raised in a subtle energy aware household where more than meets the eye is not only validated, but encouraged to explore. He's currently a student journalist at CSU. You can find his work at the Rocky Mountain Collegian. All right. So let's let's address a couple of questions or that came from our, our, our uh, listeners uh, previous on our previous episodes. Okay. So last week we talked about masks and um, and by the way, hi everybody who's watching and hi everyone who's listening later. Um, we welcome your comments and questions after the fact. Um, we appreciate them. And if you're joining us now and you have questions, we also welcome that too. Um, so one of the things that came up for that was coming up is context. So as far as like we were talking about jobs and when to be authentic and when to be more like courteous or, you know, and one the one of the things that our one of our listeners said was that context is really important. So like retail versus being a referee, the referee has rules for behavior. Retail is like general pr public and there's a variety of <laughs> rules about what what are in people's mind in regards to that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But um, you know, there's, you know, that, did you ever see that Seinfeld episode of airing the grievances like that, where they made up their own holiday? Yeah. What is it called? Um, oh. I know I can't remember it either. Um, but it's, but, you know, being genuine, um, and versus complaining, I guess, or versus being just nasty or whatever, um, you know, I mean, one of the things that I've experienced this week that's really caused a lot of damage for me is people who are unable to set the, set boundaries and say no about things and just say yes, 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 until they're, they're not even there anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, it's important for us to say how we're feeling genuinely before it turns into a problem. Well, I think one of the problems with the way that employment works for America, I don't know about the rest of the world, but all I know is my little bubble. But it seems like um, being genuine is not something that they want from you. They want you to be their perception of genuine. <laughs> yes. So did you see dad, dad brought up Festivus? He's going to be our Seinfeld helper <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I know. And I think that it's true that, but I don't know, as, as an employer myself, I would, I want genuine employees. Um, I don't necessarily want them to come in and be like, I'm so tired and it's miserable and bring that to work. I would yeah. want them to try to be their more, you know, upbeat, more, um, I don't know, in alignment with themselves in a different way that um, when they're at work. But I don't also expect them to constantly pretend that they're fine when they're not, you know? Yeah. 
I, I think as an employer, I'd want my, my employee to come to me and say, I'm genuinely, I, I would want them to own it. I wouldn't want them to dump it on me. I wouldn't want them to come to me and be like, I'm having such a bad time. Tell, take care of me. Right. I wouldn't want that. But I, but I would want to know, like, if they were like, I'm having a really hard time, you know, with whatever, and it, it, it's impacting me in big ways that I don't know. And I'm taking care of it, but I just wanted you to be aware of it, you know? Right. But I think that there's, it's, it's really hard for employees to gauge, I feel like, when their employer is going to react badly to them being like, oh, I don't like this specific job and it's making me feel uncomfortable or like... I think that employees expect a poor reaction to that. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know though. I guess it somewhat also has to do with like what you've already experienced in your lifetime, wh where you were raised, who you were raised by, you know, I mean that I, you know, there's very strong um, population where they, you have to be, you know, very superior, like in superior, right? Like there's so many, there's so many different types of jobs in the world. I was thinking about this um, when I was at the hospital yesterday um, with your grandfather, that there's so many jobs at the hospital, just this, just this one hospital facility, you know, there's the there's the people who are checking you in. There's the people who are screening you now with COVID. There's the people that are, um, you know, cleaning the ORs versus cleaning the bathrooms, you know, I mean, like, there's just, there's so many different jobs. And, and to get down to, to this hospital that we went to, because it was in downtown Denver, we drove through Commerce City, which is a big industrial space, right? And there's right. lots of different jobs there that maybe, you know, aren't the glorified college jobs, right? But they're the necessary jobs, the jobs that get our infrastructure go done and the job, you know. So I guess I if you don't let yourself have a genuine relationship with yourself, you might end up in professions where you have to be fake. Whereas if you let yourself get to know yourself, you might end up in a profession where you get to be real because that's genuinely who you are. Well, I think a lot of people feel trapped in um, or just will settle for the thing that provides for them. Because I think that people get so stuck in not pursuing their goals because they find security that they just don't end up taking this very long and arduous pathway to the exact job that they want. Yeah, security is a whole thing in regards to why we wear masks too, you know? Because Anna Mason whoops. here for <laughs> our different perspective. Sorry, guys. I was looking at comments and off, off comes the next thing. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of messages we get, even in school and all that, that like, you have to be the certain way, you have to do this. This is the path you have to take in order to be acceptable. And I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways that people use masks, because I think that there's, in what you're talking about, people use masks to protect themselves. So they'll hide this part of themselves that they want to be just theirs. Okay. And I think that they convince themselves that if other people add their judgment, it doesn't add anything positive to them. And okay. I think that that's different than being what you think that somebody else wants you to be. Right. I, I agree with that. Um, so, <clears throat> so another question that came up based on like our last, last week's two that I, that 
would be interesting to address is how do parents guide their kids to be more authentic? And like one of the questions was, you know, how do parents stick up for their children when they know that they're being taught inappropriate methods of being like, you know, through fear or, you know, having a mask on how, how do, you know, we protect the kids and, you know, I guess, I don't know. What do you think about that? About children being authentic? Yeah. How do, cause you know, you go to school and you, me as a parent, when you were in school, <clears throat> you know, I'm like, you know, go along to get along, Mason. Like, don't cause too many problems, right? But I also know, like, I wanted you to be able to be you. And I did my best to, to kind of walk that line. Um, but I guess I, I guess the question being thrown out is, like, how, in your viewpoint, Mason, as a parent, like, knowing what you went through with, you know, like, I, you know, didn't, I didn't necessarily get the same kind of guidance you did growing up. So what do you think about like parents stepping in and helping their kids learn not to be taught through fear and having to wear a mask and all that? Well, I think that kids don't know fear until it's shamed out of them. I think that that's what happens a lot. Like that um, parents or teachers sometimes will shame kids about a behavior that might be pretty normal and they'll just convince them that it's not okay. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is making somebody want to hide themselves or training someone to hide themselves. Training someone to hide themselves. Yeah. Because like, it's like classical conditioning, right? Right. Like you, if you do something that you want to do and it's part of who you are and somebody reacts badly, like I would say fidgeting in class or being loud is something that I would have that it happened to me and they would just be like, no, that's bad. Stop. Um, but I think that that was not a positive. I didn't get a positive reaction to that. Right. Yeah. It, it, it trained me to want to hide it, not to not do it. Okay. All right. Well, but I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's, I think, I feel like there's more to answer to this question. Like how as people, do we move past this since we know it's there, it goes on, it keeps getting perpetuated generation after generation in the classical conditioning sense. Like what as energetic sensitives can we do to stop encouraging everybody to wear masks all the time? I think that it might be, there's some cases where it might be as simple as getting the working people a raise, like somebody who has to work service they're making a little more money, maybe they'd be happy to smile for an eight hour shift. Yeah. But I mean, some people are just built for service. Like they really like it and you know, that's what they do. It's not like everybody yeah. hates that. But I think that there's, but a majority of the people that work in service don't want to work in service. I don't know. We'd have to do a poll on that. <laughs> um, Based on my experience of talking to people. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, have you talked to serv the service people and said, or are you yeah. talking about friends and things like that? No, I mean, people in like that where I've worked, like I worked at Dick's retail. I just worked at Safeway. Um, but all those places, everybody would be like, I don't like, I want to work this. And it was not because, and they would always refer to it in a way like, I don't want to work at this specific place. And when it was really the same, all it's the same at every place that you could work. 
under that kind of model. And everybody says the same thing. Yeah, it's just so hard because we, we have things that have to get done too, right? That none of us want to do. I mean, I can't, I don't know that I know anybody who's like, yay, clean the toilet. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But all the jobs that require just sitting at a desk that don't, that you don't have to be an actual person talking to someone that are being outsourced. So that's not available. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think it's genuinely though, like how do you line yourself up as early as possible to knowing yourself well enough to not just go for the first secure thing that comes along, but instead go to the things that are, are going to support you both mentally, emotionally, and physically. I would say like as a parent, it would be about encouraging something that they are really passionate about, not about something that the school, it, like it doesn't matter what it is. Because if you think about it, there's a job for everything. Right. And there's jobs being made every day. Like the kids that are, you know, going to graduate now, probably some, half of them are going to work at jobs that don't exist yet. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think it's hard to do an education system, especially early education on jobs that don't exist yet that are going to be t taking place 20 years from now or whatever. And it's hard to pay 70 grand for a specific education that's not going to be relevant in 20 years. Well, yeah, I do think, though, that there's some specific um, I do think that there's benefit of going to college just for some people. I mean, I, do, I don't think that education altogether needs to be thrown out. I just think. Well, I just think that it shouldn't be a win or lose situation like you can either have it or not at all. Like it's like you can't fail is what I think. And I think that people should be allowed to fail at something and try something that they might not think that they're good at. And True. True. because if somebody's like, okay, I'm going to college, what's a degree that I could get? Like I could realistically get the grades for. And I think that they will put aside what they actually want to do for that safer option. Mm. Yeah, but you never know until you get there. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, you might have a perception that it's really hard to, I don't know, be a Mason. <laughs> I, I, um, I actually had a client who joked that your generation was named after the jobs they'll never do. <laughs> um, you know, like Hunter and Carpenter, <laughs> Mason. <laughs> so Mason, you, um, you know what a Mason is, right? I mean, a, yeah. as a profession, I mean, you might perceive that to be something you don't want to do and then you get to do it and it's super fun and fulfilling and you get into it more and more and exciting, more and more excited. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess I don't think it's just about money and I don't think it's just about, you know, I mean, I think some people like hard labor. Some people are more willing to do hard labor. Some people want, I mean, like, you know, I, some people want to teach children and some people are like, oh my gosh, teaching children is really hard, you know, like. I don't know. I just, I feel like if we really align ourselves without the masks, we have more potential to have jobs that we are not hating and well, we don't have to be fake at. Well, I think a lot of times it goes back to equity because people don't feel like they, they feel like they're sticking around a specific type of job. Like if you're a construction worker, you might be under the impression that people in business might look down on you. 
even though you might be a uh, the engineer on site and you might be making twice that of your workers and but you still there's the stigma around you being on a construction site in with a hard hat on but I don't know. I think there's a stigma that goes the other way too, that people judge the business worker or this, you know, like I, I definitely think that there's lots of judgment that goes around and stigma that goes around on all of it. I mean, I, I personally, you know, coming out as an, out as an energy healer, that was hard for me because I was in corporate and, that, but, but, you know, now it's just what it is. And I don't have any kind of like stigma around it. And people do still have stigma around it for me, but I don't care, you know? I, I do think it's based on our region too a lot. I, I don't think you'd have the same reception maybe in like some. True. Stuff. Well, I may, I may, I may, but I mean also, you know, same thing if you were in a place where everybody was farmers and you come in and you're the business guy, right? You, there's going to be like, Oh, whatever. You don't know how to farm the land. You know, I mean, I think it could go any direction. I don't think you can, label it education or not education but i guess where where we're trying to kind of come down to is how do we find our space without pretending we're something we're not and i think that it's partially a systemic problem that we have to kind of find loopholes for but how but okay so we find loopholes but then how do we work on like, you're just starting off life. You don't have to do this the same way that's been done. How do you change the rules? I think it's just about set, like breaking it down. If that makes any sense. Like if you look at it simplistically, it makes it a lot easier to say, Oh, this doesn't make sense. Or this makes a lot more sense. I think I do that for myself a lot. I might be doing a bad job of describing it, but. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? I, I think so. Like if you take a step back from the situation and you go, okay, this is basically what it is. Like, um, uh, like driving to the store. I'm just like, get in my car, go to the store. That's it. And it's like for something more complicated, I'll break it down. And then it seems like it's irrelevant. Okay. So uh, I feel like, I feel like the bottom line is none of us really want to be hiding. None of us want to be doing jobs we don't like doing. None of us want to feel less than another person because of the jobs or the, because of our status in life. We all want to feel loved. We all want to authentically, genuinely be aligned with doing what we love to and giving that back to the planet. Right. Um, yeah. well, so I, I think it's, well, I guess I'm not, it's not still not a solution, but I think it was down to um, like the systemic equity. If people aren't getting paid the same amount for the same amount of labor, like it's, it's valuing labor at different prices based on how intelligent the people deem you. Don't you think? Because if you're just, if you're just moving a bag, like if you're moving 50 pound bags all day, I'd say that's just a harder work as hard of work as sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. But it's not valued at that. Yeah. But I don't know because energy is, everybody has a different re relationship with energy flow 
And I may have a relationship of a lot of abundant energy coming through my system, lots of money coming to me and out and me paying it out that like that. And you may have a different relationship with flow that actually isn't meant for that. So if you take like the, you take the, you know, philosophical, um, you know, liberate, you know, liberal stance on like equity and how everybody's taken care of energetically, some people have just have more natural like flow with abundance, like in that way, in financial way. And some people have more flow of abundance in the sense that they have lots of friends and family. And some people have, you know, that they love and like to be around, by the way. And some people are in, are in abundance with lots of friends, right? And some people are in abundance with a lot of like physical energy and fitness. You know, I think, I don't think you can boil it down to I think you have to, I think you have to take it back to energy and not about make it about money. And some yeah. people are not built to have a whole lot of money. Some people don't even want a whole lot of money. It's not just about money. Yeah. But, um, I think that there is, I think that everyone has a hobby that they want to pursue and they want that little bit of money. And I think that that helps expression. Like, I, I feel like money can also can enable people to be expressive. And even if they don't like to have a lot of it, I feel like having just enough to live is not going to let, let somebody express themselves. I think I see. I disagree. Cause I like, you know, I seriously, I rented the, the garage out once to this man who was making a tiny home and his whole goal was to make this tiny home, make enough money to buy some land and get off the grid. That's it. He didn't want to make any money. He wanted to live off the grid and that's what he wanted to do. And that was his whole desire. Um, so, and so I guess, you know, I don't think everybody wants the same things. And I think that when we try to like sanitize it in that way or make it, you know, like everybody needs this baseline this way, whatever, I think we are missing the energetic point of experiences and soul contracts and lessons and things we're moving into, which is a, what I think authenticity helps you do is get in alignment. If you're authentic and you're not wearing those masks as often, you get into alignment more with what your soul intends to be doing on the planet versus just doing what you think you should. Yeah. And I do think that there's a huge amount of people who what they want to do adds no benefit. So they feel bad about wanting it. Hmm. Although, I mean, like some people just want to, you know, paint graffiti and, <laughs> and I, you know, there's, there's a really cool art walk down in Denver where you could go see act, the artists, the graffiti artists painting really amazing murals with permission and, you know, where they'd have maybe had to not do that with, you know, they'd have to just get their art out without permission. Um, so, and it was great to watch and it was a great service and it felt really fun to explore that, you know, as, as a, a spectator. Um, well, so I don't know. I am glad that we're moving into it. I think it's back to what we were talking about, about that disassociation with seeing something as it is and not as the way that the system expects it to work. And so people embrace unique things instead of putting them down. Like, I feel like we did for a while. If something was different, we didn't like it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that was like the industrial era, right? Like cookie cutter, ch -ch -ch -ch, optimal. I think, through, 
the same can goes through this line every time, you know? Even through like the 50s and 60s, that was the case. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot. Um, I mean, I feel like this is something we could talk about all day long, but then it's like still we're in this like action of how do we have an expression of energy that's authentic and in alignment. Well, I think that people can just choose to do it anyways and not care about the repercussions. And it does seem to work out for a lot of people when they're just, I wanted to do this and now I'm doing it and I'm thriving. But I think that that's rarer than it happen actually happens. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely feel like there's room for us to talk more about energy flow and how you start off life with energy flow. I mean, I can tell you just by raising two children, mm -hmm. sort of raising you, you're not done yet, I guess, <laughs> um, that you guys came into the world with your very own personalities, your very own expression of energy, the ve your very own, this is what I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to do and no amount of coercion or in, you know, anything I did would get you to do that. And then there, there's also like some stuff that happened to you guys society wise that I was like, oh my God, I had no idea by putting them in this charter school, for example, that that was going to teach my children XYZ in a way that I didn't intend. I thought I was picking this really great school that had like lots of great credentials and the teachers had a really great, you know, philosophy. I thought that that's what I was picking. And I didn't recognize that, that, that what I was picking had more to it than just what the school was offering. It also had, what are the parents bringing to the table? What are the parent, other parents expecting from the school? And you know, that kind of stuff. Well, I think it's just important to ask ourselves a lot why we do certain things. Yeah. Because I think that that doesn't happen often enough. Well, and that whole going back to making decisions out of love, not fear. Um, you know, I was, I was trying for you. The reason why I did what I did with you in school was I was trying to preserve your love of learning. Yeah. Which I don't know if I did or not. Cause you kind of have, you kind of have a negative thing about school. Yeah. But I don't think it's about learning. You like to learn still. Yeah. It's about the, system that school represents okay in the way that only a, a few can succeed so did I, did I successfully get you to be a lifelong learner at least yeah i think so <laughs> well i think that my adhd saw to that anyways uh, you're you used to read books but now i don't think I you do books. you do what books are you reading right now mm, it's not really physical big books it's mostly <laughs> Um, books on the internet oh yeah what are you reading <laughs> um let's see i've been reading a lot of fan fiction political books it's very interesting it's like um alternate timelines of history a lot of world war ii stuff oh interesting <laughs> all right so we are going to have a group of you know we're going to be basically doing this again next week jack was asking to join so at some point maybe he'll be joining us to talk about topics okay. what what topic um what topic shall we shall we put on the agenda next time hmm. Let me think. 
we could talk about how about how about relationships and like how I would form a relationship and how you would form a relationship with regards to like significant others and things. Um, you know, the angles about how people choose each other. Okay. Is that dangerous? No. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Sure. Um, I will also, you know, for those of you who are watching or listening now or later, we are open to your suggestions and questions and comments too. We do like them a lot. Um, and hopefully you're rejoining us and telling us, you know, what you're thinking about. Um, all right, Mason. So I think we did it for today. You have anything else you want to add before we conclude? I don't think so. Okay. Thanks everyone for hanging with us and we will see each other again soon.